0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of IBC Topics. Uh, today, we have our elder of finance, Danny Yu, on the show. Hey, Danny.
1: Hi, everyone. Hi, Gabe.
0: Hey. Um, so, how we start off with every episode, we wanted to just be able to hear your testimony. So, if you could just take the next uh, couple of minutes talking about uh, how you came to faith, um, if you could just name some people that have impacted you in your spiritual walk, how you met your wife, Chris and um, how you ended up at i b c
1: sure um so how i uh came to faith uh I think it's a you know pretty typical story for for a lot of folks at i b c grew up in the church um I can't remember a time where uh you know my family and I weren't at church now that being said, you know uh, like many of our our brothers and sisters at, at church. You know, I don't know that I was a Christian at a very early age, um, but I, I certainly had uh, a lot of, you know, Christian influence growing up. Uh, and church was actually a really mixed bag for me um, in the sense that, you know, uh, my parents went to a lot of different types of churches. So, uh, so at one point, I think we were going to like a Methodist church church. Um, you know a lot majority of my youth i was probably going to a presbyterian church oh interesting um but then in in college you know i, I went to a covenant church um so i have a lot of kind of different kind of backgrounds in terms of my, my christian kind of experiences um how i came to faith um you know I, I usually say i have two bookends to it um you know in junior high i remember going to a a church camp um and that was the first time I actually kind of expressed like, yes, I I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. And that was junior Mm -hmm. Uh, high-ish. And so that's my, my, my first bookend of kind of where I I was probably saved. And then, um, you know, the, the other bookend is definitely in college and college. um, I remember uh, specifically just kind of uh, at church one day, um, we were singing amazing grace and I just, I just broke down in mm-hmm. tears. I think the line, you know, uh, that he saved a wretch like me, it just, mm-hmm. that weight of that just, uh, just destroyed me. And, um, so I, I think for me, that was a clear indication of uh, me understanding what grace was, mm-hmm. what, you know, um, what salvation was that, I, what I was being saved from. So those are my two bookends. Uh, over the years, upon reflection, um, it was probably closer to the, that college bookend that I was saved. I mean, I, I look back and, um, you know, I, I it's hard to tell whether it was just immaturity or there was just no fruit, you know, junior high, high school years. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I can definitely remember when I first went to college, um, it was important to me that I find, you know, a fellowship group. Now, that being said, mm actually took me a while to kind of land somewhere uh, in college. I think I was very distracted by just school and just friends and things like that. And so church itself wasn't a priority for me. Um, But as, you know, as, as college went on, you know, I did uh, be more committed to a fellowship group. I went to double ACF at Mm. uh, Cal. Uh, I was committed, I was more committed to a church and then, again, that's kind of where I grew most definitely, um, and so I think that's kind of how I, I came came to faith. You know, I can't really say there was like a, you know, a, an exact day or time that I can remember specifically,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I know like over time, I, I definitely, um, you know, came to faith. That, and yeah, I mean, I I, I can. That's why I put the the second bookend in college and I I can definitely see signs of growth in college. You know, I was again, being committed to a church, being committed to the fellowship group, having like accountability and small group and, um, you know, serving and all those fruits that, that were really kind of, um, you know, bore out uh, during my college years. Um, an interesting thing is, um, you know, after college, um, you know, I went actually away, uh, for a year doing an, ur- uh, kind of an urban missions thing. Oh. And, um, I actually got baptized, um, then, and, um, I spoke earlier that, you know, I had a kind of a Presbyterian, oh. uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: upbringing and, you know, so I was baptized as a child, but inter- in- interesting enough, you know, I kind of developed my own conviction and I was baptized um you know after college cuz you know i came to realize that hey if i'm going to call myself a christian and then i myself need to be the one to you know obey the command to be baptized i can't rely on something that my my parents did mm. for me and so you know again another kind of example where i i believe that you know i developed these convictions developed these um you know, beliefs and and really solidified, um, who I was as a Christian. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how, uh, you know, I came to faith. Uh, I definitely remember in college, um, when I was a, um, I guess I was a junior in college. Um, there was a discipleship group. And it was probably the first formal discipleship thing that I've been in. Um, Mm -hmm. Like growing up, I I was in like youth group and things like that. I used my youth group leaders. And certainly that is a formal form of discipleship. But I think in college we had, you know, the the formal discipleship uh, pairing kind of uh, an older classman with a younger classman. Mm. And there's this group um, uh, that uh, I was a part of. And, uh, you know, I think that was pretty influential for me in Mm. terms of. know actually how to be a leader um because we were junior um my two friends and i uh were juniors and uh this older brother was you know kind of he was a senior he was graduating he was kind of mentoring us and discipling us as we would kind of step into uh Mm -hmm. that you know that next uh year of, of being leaders and so um you know that was that was pretty influential to me um uh Side side note about that. Um th- my discipler at the time, his name was David, he um he later discipled uh, another brother named Paul, not with me at the same time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but so then that Paul ended up discipling uh, Andre Chipta. Oh crazy. So if you look at the family tree, um, wow. yeah, I'm kind of like Andre's uh, spiritual uncle there. Um <laughs> uh um, but, uh, yeah, so that was one, um, uh, influential person. Um, I think, you know, more recently, um, well, uh, I'll get to that in a second, but, uh, how I met my wife, uh, we actually did meet in college. Oh. Uh, I was, a I was a senior uh, while she was a freshman, actually. <laughs> so I, I say this, we met and by me- by meeting, I'm saying we, we literally met. <laughs> Hello. How are you? My name is um we i mean it was more than that we we um you know we were part of the same fellowship group um mm-hmm. again uh ACF and um so we we did interact although i was a senior and and she was a, a freshman and so in terms of school we only overlapped a year but then men you know over the years um uh we you know we kind of crossed paths over and over again we you know we because of of the same fellowship group we did have mutual friends and we would always cross paths and we would always end up at at weddings together um (laughs) not not like as dates but we would go to the same weddings because we had mutual friends um and so there you know that kind of happened more more and more frequently over time and then um by that time actually she was still in san francisco uh working and I had moved down to LA and I was in law school at the time. Um, and you know, as we got to see each other more often, I think we, you know, started talking more and and just kind of, um, you know, communicating more. It was, was, you know, it it was long distance. Um, Mm. and so, um, yeah, I think over time, we kind of just communicated more, uh, you know, uh, at that time, just, you know, email. And uh, I don't even know if we texted at that at that time. Um, and, uh, yeah, we chatted. If you remember, for those of <laughs> you who, I don't know, do people still use uh, Gchat? Is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I think so, yeah. Uh, uh, so we, we would do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a long story short. Uh, we ended up dating, uh, again, long, all long distance.
2: Oh,
1: wow. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we eventually, you know, got married and then, uh, I moved her down to, to the Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. So, um, that kind of slides into how, how we came to IBC as, um, as we got married, we wanted to find, you know, a, a church together, um here in in los angeles uh, at the time i had been going to new song la oh I
2: didn't know. Uh, here in la hmm.
1: yeah and um i think we were looking for kind of a little bit different church mm-hmm. than than new song and um we um we heard about ibc actually through chris's brother um many of you might know uh david's son who uh pastors up at pillar he's actually mm. spoken at our at our church <laughs> And he said he knows, uh, a guy he went to Riverside with, um, and he's apparently goes to a church, uh, in the Son of area, that guy being David Che. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> yeah, we checked out IBC, um, and, uh, yeah, it was, I think, uh, we were looking at different churches at that time, you know, IBC, um. It was very friendly. I, um, You know, there was a lot of people who welcomed us. And, um, you know, we felt, you know, very welcome, very kind of it was immediate kind of the love that, that people had for us. And so, um, yeah, we that's that was about 2010 ish right after we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, another kind of interesting thing is um, that was right when uh nam was came back from his uh illness
2: Mm.
1: uh it was definitely a unique experience for us i think the first sunday we visited ibc um either gary or dave was was preaching and that was the first sunday literally that nam was back and so like i think a lot of people were very emotional
2: that day (laughs) um
1: but for us it was just like this you know this Mm. um you know the one of the associate pastors speaking and um why it was actually unique for us is that we we got to hear gary and dave speak Mm -hmm. early on um and and then eventually we got to hear Dan, you know take the pulpit and so that was that was good for us it was again a very unique experience where we Mm -hmm. got to hear all three of our preaching pastors kind of you know at the pulpit and so Mm -hmm. yeah we we then you know um You know, took membership and, uh, you know, uh, eventually became members uh, probably around
2: 2011.
1: Mm. Oh, and that leads to, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the other influential people, I think, is is probably, you know, our pastors. And and I, to this day, I remember uh, an equip hour or actually back then it was called second hour that uh, Gary did. And uh, it was about conviction. Mm -hmm. And um, I just really remember uh that that series and and Gary talk about convictions and we need to know what we believe in and things like that and i think that's that's kind of stuck with me you know to this day and know uh, how i you know approach my christian life and even if there's things that i might not have fully developed convictions i know that that's kind of the direction i want to head and and really like study on a topic or um you know research a topic and kind of develop those convictions and um you know i could talk with the pastors i could talk with you know other be- other brothers and sisters to really see kind of their point of view and kind of develop my own my own kind of beliefs on mm. on certain issues so mm-hmm. um i yeah gary was certainly influential early on in, in my experience at at uh, ibc
0: mm. so um as i had alluded to earlier you are the elder of finance at ibc and so I know, especially with this whole uh, lockdown and, um, you know, it's, it's a very, for financially, I mean, I know it's a very difficult time for a lot of people out there. Um, but as you were alluding to with convictions, financial convictions is, is so important, um, you know, being good stewards with what the Lord has given us. Um, if you could just share with us some important principles or values to personal finance from a Christian perspective. I know a lot of guys you know they listen to like Dave Ramsey or you know things like that, but um uh, I mean more than just the numbers, um, is there you know certain principles or um, convictions or values that Christians should consider when they're dealing with their own money
1: yeah, um by the way, I also am one of those folks who listen to Dave Ramsey <laughs> and so uh-huh. um i I certainly appreciate his his philosophy on um on money and how to handle mm-hmm. money, especially for personal finances. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I will say this: I, I do disagree on on some of his, uh, you know, doctrine. And mm-hmm. so, um, no, I, I, I affirm that he's a. I, I would affirm that he's a believer, mm-hmm. and and he is, you know, he is a Christian. He certainly he's a professing Christian, and, and nothing to me indicates otherwise. But I think there's just slight things that, um, you know, he teaches that I. I just slightly disagree with. So, uh, if you're listening out there, feel free to get your financial advice from from Dave Ramsey. I do believe <laughs> he has kind of a biblical perspective yeah, yeah. on that stuff, but uh, I, I wouldn't get uh, your doctrine from him <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> um, so, uh, in terms of how you know I view kind of you know principles of, of personal finances, and especially a, as a Christian, I, I think the first place I start with is. You know, what is sin and what is not sin when it mm-hmm. comes to personal finances? Mm-hmm. Uh, before we jump to the wisdom part, which we'll do in a second. Okay. But I think the first part or the first place that I, I would start with is, okay, what are the things that the Bible says that I can do or not even that I can do? That's the, again, that's kind of the wisdom part. What are the things that the Bible says that I must do mm-hmm. or that I am forbidden to do?
2: Oh, interesting. Uh-huh.
1: So you know, I, I, that's kind of where I start, and you know, in terms of what I am commanded to do in the Bible, and with respect to finances, I think there's the obvious one is is give giving to the church. I think that's a practical one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are um, we are commanded to give, you know, cheerfully, uh, you know, without compulsion to to the church and to the ministries. So I, that there's there's that one. Um, there's also, I mean, a, a big one, not directly related to finance, but I mean, it's kind of overbroad is, 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 um, just not having, uh, you know, money as an idol, mm. you know, and, you know, there's, um, there's certainly, you know, don't, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. You can't serve two masters. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's this idea of idolatry and again, idolatry can be, doesn't have to be limited to money. It could be, um, you know, your family, it could be comfort, it could be, you know, prestige, it could be a lot of these things. And mm-hmm. um, what's interesting is, you know, if, if, if we think money is an idol in our lives, or we kind of tend to think that way, we might want to dig deeper and to think why it is that we feel that way. I mean, I, I what I'm trying to say is, it might not be that money in and of itself is the idol that draws our heart. it's probably what money can do for us that oh, is the idol uh-huh. that, that draws our heart mm-hmm. um, So is it that it brings us power? is it that it brings us control or comfort or security
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's not nece- again so it's not necessarily the money in and of itself that's the idol- idolatrous um object there Mm -hmm. but it's what's behind that what does money bring me what does Mm -hmm. money give me Interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there's you know there's certainly idolatry and and we want to guard ourselves from that when it comes to our personal finances we don't want to um, you know uh, work so hard to because we want to gain wealth at the expense of you know, uh, our worship for God, you know, neglecting mm. our families, neglecting our church, neglecting our own spiritual lives uh, and things like of that nature. Uh, you know, another thing is, is, I think this, again, kind of a broader principle is, you know, not to cheat, not to lie, you yeah, know, yeah. and for those, you know, who transact in money and, and, and business, you know, in business in just in our workplaces yeah. in general, you know, we want to be uh, people of integrity. We want to uh, make sure that, you know, we're being honest in, in our dealings. And so, you know, uh, you know, not lying, not cheating uh, and, and just being being uh, just upright in terms of how we uh, try to earn our, our money. So, right. I, again, I think those are the three major categories that I thought of in terms of um, maybe simple and not simple areas. I and mean, then you slide into kind of what are wisdom issues, mm, mm-hmm. right? Um, and how how can I be a good steward of the resources that I have? And so that's where it gets, um, you know, a little bit uh, a little bit more difficult to, to say. I, I mean, I can't say to a, you know another brother or sister, "Hey, this is how I think you should spend your money." Mm,
2: sure, mm-hmm.
1: unless it's a sinful issue, unless it's a sin issue. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can approach someone and say, "Hey, if you're not giving to the church, let's let's look at kind of what the Bible says about yeah, that." Mm-hmm. But if it's, "Hey, you ha- already have uh, an iPhone 11, <laughs> why are you standing in line for the iPhone 12?" <laughs> Is that a sin issue? I mean, it, maybe it could be. If again, if it if it's if it's idolatrous, mm-hmm. maybe. But I'd be very careful before I make that that leap Mm -hmm. and maybe it's just a wisdom issue, and and it's a freedom that you know someone has to exercise that so that's where you know the wisdom part it it gets a little bit difficult to um to say something is right or wrong and Mm -hmm. you know i certainly have my own views on things and uh, that might work for you that might not work for you um i think the major one that uh, again uh, that probably comes up a lot is you know debt and how to use yeah. debt, or whether debt is good or not, or yeah. good or not. Um, and again, I I don't know that you know the Bible says um, that it's sinful to to be in debt or to to carry debt. Um, I know there's wisdom literature that says you know we shouldn't be in debt. Um, you know, um, it's uh, I believe Proverbs twenty two seven. You know, it says the borrower is the slave of the lender. Again, that's wisdom literature. So it's it's not to say that you're a sin if you are in debt, but certainly there's wisdom there mm-hmm. uh, of what debt does. And uh, I think as a you know as a practical matter, you um, you do have you know making those payments, or you know that that does bind you in, in many ways. Um, mm. I will say this: I, I think one area that I do believe might be um, my crossover into the area of sin is not paying off your debts. And Mm. before I go on any further, I, you know, I understand that there are circumstances sometimes either out of our control, like a pandemic, you know, or, (laughs) um, you know, uh, maybe we are victims of, you know, fraud or we are the victims of theft. And so there, there are certainly things out of our control. Um, but, you know, when we are promising to pay something and mm. we don't pay it, um, arguably, I don't want you know, arguably that's breaking a promise, mm. right? I've said that I will do this to you, brother, or you know, to you, Gabe, or to the bank, I promise I will pay you X amount of dollars and then I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Arguably, that's breaking a promise that, that you know, and so that, that could cross over the area of sin. I mean, just as a, a kind of a practical it matter, you know, it 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 saddens me when I hear um, kind of these wealthy pastors or whatever, you know, maybe not for the right reasons, but, you know, they, they declare bankruptcy, mm-hmm. right? And it, um, it, it saddens me because... The, the witness and the testimony that brings is is so damaging
2: sure, yeah.
1: that they would would kind of live a lifestyle in such a way where you know it, maybe it's a little bit you know overly extravagant or too lavish for what they they can uh, do and then they declare mm. bankruptcy yeah, yeah. you know there's there's that air of hypocrisy there like you know and so that that saddens me because it just hurts the testimony of the gospel that Mm. that Christians would live in such a way that, you know, is, is not honoring their word. Um, So, yeah. um, I mean, yeah. And so other wisdom issues, you know, um, even how much to give to the church, I think is, you know, is a wisdom issue. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we could talk about tithing and, and, uh, and offering. I think, um, you know, tithing is an Old Testament principle, uh, mm. and I, I think it's certainly a good principle. But I don't think we're commanded to tithe in the in the strict legal sense of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think we are commanded to give. Um, and so, but then that that is a wisdom issue of well, how much do I give? Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times I get the question, you know, of well, you know, let's say I want to use the tithing principle and I want to say ten percent. Which, by the way, our family does. We, use, That's kind of our our guide post in terms of, you know, where we start in terms of how we consider giving to the church. Mm-hmm. So I'll have others that might ask, okay, yeah, I want to use that principle too. I want to use a 10% principle. Well, you know, should I be doing that off of gross or should I be doing that off of net? <laughs> should I be doing that bef- before taxes? Should I be doing that after? You know, mm-hmm. Um and to me, that question kind of reveals something to to me, and that's you know your your approach to to giving shouldn't be so technical mm. and so um, you know legalistic, to, you know to where mm. you are counting by the dollar or to the penny. Um, but it really should be you know give what you feel convicted to give. Mm. I mean, again. Mm. We should give cheerfully. I think we should give sacrificially, not out of compulsion. Um, you know, and it's not the amount. Uh, the two examples I can think of in the Bible are, you know, the poor widow gave two coins, two pennies. Uh, it was all of, you know, nearly all or all of what she owned. And uh, does it matter, you know, that it was, just two coins? No. Um, does it matter that it was all that she owned? Not necessarily. I think it was it, it goes to our heart. I mean, the other example, kind of the negative example that I think of is um, Ananias and Sapphira, mm-hmm. where they give a lot. They give you. Know, they sell a whole lot of land, and they give you know, I would assume a vast majority of those proceeds to the church. Mm-hmm but they lie about it they say yes this is this is everything that we've earned from this this lot of land and we're giving it to the church and um i believe it's peter who says are you sure you know kind (laughs) of gives them a way out and they they still lie about it anyway um you know and and they're struck down uh so uh, again you know Mm. the amount that we give is is probably is not you know tied to some magic formula of what is holy or what is not holy, what is right or what is not right. But it's a wisdom issue of mm-hmm. how much you want to give. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we can go, maybe go into some other things as we, we have mm-hmm. this conversation. But, uh, yeah, there are a lot of wisdom issues, I think, when it comes to personal
0: finance. Mm. So, uh, you were mentioning um, tithing is one of those uh, base principles, I guess you could say, that you've established for your family. Um do you? I don't know if you mind sharing with us some personal or financial convictions or traditions that you have established over the years with you and your kids, or uh, just between you or Chris, or with the kids also.
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, we can start with offering. I think uh, for our family, we we start with tithing principles uh, again. Um, that's just kind of our 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 guide. Um, we will go up or down based on kind of uh you know the needs that we see or you know the different ministries that we want to give to um, but our primary kind of giving is to the church uh, mm-hmm. and so we give a portion to the church we do um, try to support other churches as well, um, just churches that we know either that we you know we've become familiar with or that we have friends in so we try to support other churches. Uh, we mm. try to support other ministries and missionaries. Um, we we actually have a thing where we budget for hospitality. So oh, um, in nice. our budget, we actually have a, a line item, if you will. <laughs> um, well, not even if you will. We have a line item for mm. hospitality. Oh,
0: that's pretty cool.
1: And uh, so we, you know, we budget for every month, you know, x amount of dollars for the specific purposes of hosting or, you know, oh, getting together awesome. and, um, you know, doing that. Um, a lot of this, you know, uh, generally speaking, we, you know, our family does budget, you know, and uh, we, we get to, well, we, my, my wife and I get together once a year usually to kind of go over what, you know, what we want, what we anticipate for the next year. And so that's where we'll talk about how much we want to give to um, the church, how much we want to budget for hospitality, what missionaries that we want to support and this so those are the things that we kind of discuss at least in, in terms of kind of the um, the ministry related things that we we give to um, we you know <laughs> so we want to pass some of that along to our children and uh let's see our older two are there. Eight and six, uh, we do give them an allowance. Um, but uh, a, a funny story: is, uh, if some of us might remember was a couple of years back when um, uh, Don Whitney was our speaker mm-hmm. at uh, Family Camp.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Doctor Whitney was telling a story about when he was a child. He would get um, three nickels, and the nickel, the you know, five cents, would go to one. One nickel would go to savings, one nickel would be for him to spend, and one nickel would go to church. Mm -hmm. And Chris and I heard that story from Dr. Whitney, and we were laughing, you know, kind of silently laughing in our chairs, because that was exactly what we did for our children. (laughs) But the reason why we were laughing is because we gave them a nickel. (laughs) This many years later. So oh, you know, lame. Dr. Whitney, you know, you know, he's you know, he's a he's a veteran mm-hmm. saint, we'll call it, you know, if you will. Uh but yet this many years later, our our kids were getting the same allowance that he was getting <laughs> as a child. That so after funny. that, we, we actually, you know, we uh, increased their allowance. <laughs> all the way up to all the way up to thirty cents a week. So oh, uh-huh. <laughs> Um, again, it's not the amount. I think it's the principles that we want to convey. Yeah, we yeah. Um, <laughs> we we have we have three jars for them, and so we tell them: you know, one goes into your savings, one goes into your spend jar, and one goes into your oh, cool. uh, give to the church jar. So, again, we want to give them get them into the habit and understanding that you know uh, when they have money, one of their priorities should be uh, giving to the church. So mm-hmm. that's that's one thing we do with our with our children. Hmm. I mean, other things that we do again, maybe not so much kind of, um, you know, related to giving to the church or ministry. I mean, just on a practical level, uh, I mentioned budgeting. We do, we, uh, do that every year. Um, and we have a, a spreadsheet that tracks kind of our spending as we go along in the year. And, uh, you know, we will talk about it occasion you know, throughout the year to see how we're doing, uh, terms of our, our spending and our tracking um we do we're, we're pretty open about kind of what we we spend mm-hmm. uh in terms of like us communicating with one, one another um you know there's you know hey i want to buy this or hey i'm thinking about buying that or things like that so we're, we're pretty open on communication on, on that stuff um i mean i know other married couples will will have something where it's like. You know, anything over fifty dollars, you need to check in with your spouse. Or anything over a hundred dollars, you need to check in with your spouse. Um, I don't think we necessarily have a, a set limit or, or a set minimum or anything like that. Um, I think we're just maybe overly communicative of of that stuff. Like, um, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I I I think both of us feel the freedom to buy a pack of gum or whatever. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I mean, I think just kind of. You know, within reason, we, we just check in with each other and kind of get each other's input on, on, on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that was kind of that was, that kind of developed organically more than anything. I think we oh, just uh-huh. uh, over over the years, um, you know, that that kind of happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I, I will say this. One thing that we did early on our marriage uh, was we did a Bible study together on finances. Oh, nice. Um uh I know uh so we did a, a Bible study uh from Crown Financial uh, I don't know what it is now I, it it's some iteration of Crown now um but uh it's a it was a DVD and a workbook uh and so we did that together uh, as a married couple um and I I thought that was very helpful for us um now Chris and my general philosophy on personal finances were pretty similar to begin with mm. um so in that sense that was that was kind of easy um but what i appreciated about kind of going through that with her was just making sure that we were on the same page mm. um you know the 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 bible study itself kind of goes through um biblical principles of how to handle finances you know it talks about um you know what is money and how to be a good steward talked about um giving to the church as your first priority you know debt and Mm. you know getting out of debt saving um you know spending um all these things uh and just kind of prioritizing them kind of in a in a a, a kind of a healthy spiritual way Mm. Uh, and just so that you know that the married couple is on the same page like hey i you know Maybe one one person in the in the marriage feels that you know giving the church is you know so important to them that they want to give more than they meet the other mm-hmm. spouse, or mm-hmm. um, you know maybe one one person in the in the marriage is not as comfortable with the other uh, as the other about debt, you mm-hmm. know, or um, yeah, maybe one is more uh, more of a saver than the other, mm-hmm. um, but you know going through that bible study together with chris i think we were able to just it gave us an opportunity to just very openly talk to one another about mm-hmm. finances uh and it really allowed us to just be on the same page and if if there were you know any disagreements or you know any issues um that was a good way for us to kind of talk through those things
0: mm. So you were just giving a lot of uh, good examples and advice for uh, married couples. Is there anything um, that you can share for single people?
1: Um, So I think for single people, it's, it's, you know, generally the same stuff. It's just, I guess you have a little bit easier situation because you don't have a a spouse to, you know, um, maybe where there's differences. But that being said, I mean, I think this, this is applicable for both singles and married, um, you know, um, budgeting, I think is always a good idea. Um, you know, knowing kind of where your money is going, um, you know, I guess developing kind of a plan being intentional again, uh, whether you're single or married, I think for single people, I, I guess what I would say is, um, start developing good habits, Um, whether it's, you know, uh, getting into a a consistent rhythm of offering to the church or whether it's developing a plan to, to get out of debt, um, Mm -hmm. start developing those habits when you are, um, when you're able to do so. I think, um, I mean, the truth of the matter is things get a little bit more complicated when you are married. Um, you have, you know, just, you could have two very different philosophies, and you know, um, finances is one of those things that causes a lot of, you know, fights and yeah. uh, and even divorce in, in marriage. And so, if if you do, you know, develop good habits, I think that that's helpful. Um, yeah,
0: uh, you're also mentioning uh, you, you and Chris were doing um, the Bible study. Uh, is there any other type of resources? Um, books, or it could be even like a sermon series that you could think of? Um, So,
1: yeah, the Bible study that we did was Crown Financial. Um, Again, I I think it's been bought out a couple of times, so I don't know if if what we did even exists anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we mentioned Dave Ramsey early on, and I guess from a practical standpoint, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I think he's fine in terms of a, a personal finance person. Uh, I'm sure there are some people out there that will disagree with that and that's fine. I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't think that's, um, you know, I don't think his, his philosophy is gospel or anything. I think it's, I think he has good principles. So you can always, you know, and that's, you can always buy his book, but you know, you could also listen to his radio show for free. (laughs) Um, yeah, in, in terms of, of books, um, I don't know. I, I know that the church. This is a little bit before my time. I know the church went through the treasure principle with Randy I, P. Alcorn. Alcorn. Mm-hmm,
2: so, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I trust our elders. That uh, that was that would be a good resource. Um, yeah, I mean, lately I've been reading more about in terms of the finance area. I've been reading more about kind of church finance oh, stuff. So uh, I, I don't know that I have uh, any personal finance stuff off of the top of my head.
0: Um, sounds good. Um, and lastly, uh, just to kind of top it all off, uh, if you could just spend the la- next uh, couple of minutes um, just words of encouragement, whether it's finance-related or not, um, just things that have been on your mind or in your heart lately um, that you, you just want to share with our, our audience?
1: Sure. The, um, I mean, I think we are right now uh, you know, in May uh, 2020, <laughs> If this is So we are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and for our church in particular, um, I think many of us are fortunate to be in situations where uh, we can continue to work, uh, where we aren't necessarily losing our jobs. That being said, there are uh, certainly many of us who Um, have either been furloughed or have taken pay cuts uh, or maybe even lost their jobs. And we do know of some of our our members who have been laid off. So, um, you know, you could be in either of those situations. Um, But whatever situation you're in, I guess, right now during this pandemic, I think it's a good time to reflect on... On your view of of finances, I think for those mm-hmm. of us who have been fortunate, um, take the time to thank God for being gracious to you, uh, to you know, find favor upon you and your family, and really use that to think about how to be a better steward. Mm-hmm. Since He has blessed you with you know these things and allowed you to um, to maintain. Um, you know, your, your resources. For those of us who have been either furloughed, laid off, or maybe even taken a pay cut again, I think it's a good, good time for us to reflect on what it means for us to be reliant on God and not necessarily on finances Mm. Uh, you know take a moment to reflect how this has affected you, if at all, you know, in terms of your response to any loss of, of income. Um, don't get me wrong, that's you know, we should be sad and and, and, and you know maybe even frustrated at times or even angry. Uh, but I think it's a good time for us to reflect why we're feeling these emotions mm. uh, and try to examine our hearts to make, to make us you know, more f- reflective and more appreciative of what we, of what we do have and, and try to be more trusting in the Lord. Um, and, and I will say a practical thing for, for those of us who might be uh, in a little bit more difficult financial situation due to the COVID uh, pandemic, please reach out. Um, you know, this is not something where, um, you know, we should be ashamed or we should mm-hmm. feel embarrassed. Um, we are a church family and if you are in a situation where, you know, you might be in some financial need, you know, please reach out. Um, you know, certainly we'll, we, we can pray for you, but we can, we can also, you know, try to help you, uh. You know, whether it's, you know, another brother or sister buying a meal for you or, you know, um, bringing you groceries or or whatever the case may be. I think that's what the church family is for. Um, and, you know, we, we want to, we want to be able to, to help one another. And so, um, you know, don't, don't, uh don't let the opportunity for a fellow brother or sister to minister minister to you, mm-hmm. uh, go by and, and really try to allow others to, to serve, serve you. And, it's you know, and, you know, again, try to not be, don't it's nothing to be embarrassed mm-hmm. about, nothing to be ashamed about. I, I think it allows our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. to, to serve one another.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, um, thanks, Danny, so much for uh, doing this. Um, We really appreciate uh, just all the effort that you've given to our church. Um, And yeah, we've been so blessed to have you as our elder. Thank you so much. Thanks again.
1: Well, thank you for uh, putting this together. It was a a pleasure.
0: Well, that's that's it for this month. Thanks so much, guys. See you later. Bye.